So I'm guys, still working on Vashti. <laughs> yesterday. Like book reports, right? Those are the hardest books to learn, the hardest books to read. Alright, so we're up to Oisvav, and Oisvav continues on from where we were learning till now that the purpose of reading the parsha of Zachar is to destroy the Amalek in our souls. And that's why we need a biblical command to read Parsha Zachar because Torah has a power to change the reality. And we didn't though explain what exactly is the Amalek within and how do we deal with it. We only explained what the lowest end of the spectrum of Amalek is. The lowest end of the spectrum of Amalek is someone who knows his creator and deliberately rebels against his creator. That's the lowest end of the spectrum. We said there's a more subtle, refined kind of Amalek that can lead to that. We didn't explain what that is. So we're going to go now to page 216, the first paragraph. We're in the second, the first paragraph of page two sixteen on the second column. It says in the pasuk, "There's a hand on the throne of God, to, as a Kamar explains, to swear that God, so to speak, puts His hand on His throne to swear that there'll always be a war with Amalek until the uh, Amalek is destroyed." Because God's name is not complete until Amalek's name is wiped out. That's why it says in the Pasuk, a hand is on the, the, the uh, throne of Yudke. Hashem's name has four letters. As long as Amalek is around, their, God's name is not complete. All you have of God's name until Amalek is destroyed is the first two letters of God's name. Because Amalek is against the latter two letters of God's name. He fights against Vavke. He does not fight against Yudke. And therefore, as long as Amalek is around, there's an issue. We don't have the full um, name. All we have is Yudke, but Amalek challenges the Vavke. We're going to explain. We're going to explain. Um, Does Amalek realize that it's Hashem that's creating and giving Amalek its power. We said Yudea Shabbani, it knows its creator. Tamua, seemingly, this is a wonder. Looking at this at first glance, you look at this and you're, and you're shaking, what are we, what's going on over here? Number one, if Amalek intends to rebel against God, so number one, so he should have been against the whole name of Hashem. Why is it only against two letters? What does that mean? He's like, I I don't like. I like he sounds like like this very sophisticated uh, uh, Hasidic philosopher. I like I like when the Marimers talk about Vavke. I don't like the Yudke ones. Or the opposite. What does that mean? He's he's a Molik. He's against God. He rebels against God. What's that? He's against Vavke. 
Number two, question number two. If he's against anything, you would expect him to be against something that's higher, that's more loftier. If he's opposing God's complete name, why doesn't he challenge the higher levels of God's name, Yudke? How come he's okay with with uh, Yudke? Just Vavke that 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 that, child, that that makes him nervous. Oh wow, you get this point. Very good. Number three. Number three. Amalek doesn't really um, accomplish much in the Amalkanian arena. And when he goes back to his friends and says, guess what I did today? I challenged God and I defeated his name so it shouldn't be complete. So like, wow, what, what happened? Like, All there is is Yudke. Well, any five-year-old could tell him, Yudke is also a name of God. So he didn't, he didn't really uh, destroy God's name. He just separated. He's not, he don't have the full expression, the four-letter name, name of Hashem. He took away the four-letter word, but there's still two let, a two-letter name of Hashem. So, so if Amalek wanted to go against godliness, and if he was such a, refi- a, a sophisticated capitalist that chose to oppose Vavke against Yudke, he should have aimed better and chosen Yudke because as it is, as, he, as, as he's separating Vavke from Yudke, so he still has a whole name of Hashem there. So why in the world would Amalek choose to, to separate Vavke from Yudke when he could have destroyed the name of Hashem completely if there wouldn't be any Yudke, Vavke by itself isn't a name. So what's going on? What this means is like this, on the next page. Hashpois God's name is four letters. And it says that a Jew is called an Adam. An Adam means man, but also the word Adam means similar to. A Jew is similar to Elian, a Jew is similar to the Avishter. And therefore, there are four kinds of godly energy in every Jew. Every Jew has a Yudke in his soul. And these four kinds of godly energy in the soul, as we learned in Pashat Yisrael, get their nourishment from the four letters of God's name. That's why it says in the Torah, Bit Salmenu. God says, let us make man in our image, meaning in God's image, there is four letters, so to speak. And so too in the soul also has these similar four letters. What is the uh, four letters of the Jew's soul? Hein, Yud, Hei, so I was thinking, oh, I, now I know why Jews are like the way they are. They're, they're made up of four-letter words. Okay, anyways, there are four letters that make up a Jewish soul. Number one, the letters Yud and Hey, they are the source of Chachma and Bina, of intelligence. Yud is a source of Chachma, Hey is a source of Bina. The reason why Yud and He connect to Chachma and Bina, well, Yud is the tiniest letter. That's like the flash of an insight when you're creating an idea, and Chachma is the power to invent an idea, the power of, of, of innovation. That's where Chachma, that's, it's the, that's, that's, what, that's what the letter Yud represents. Is that when you have that, that spark, it's just a tiny little thing. It's, it, it's not yet developed. Then there's a big He, which has a length and a breadth. That's Bina developing that idea, and going through all the details and explaining it, that's Chachamina, that's the Yud and the He. Then we have the next part of our Neshama is the Vav. After we have an insight of 
something holy and spiritual, and we understand the idea, we develop the idea, our neshama then channels that understanding to feelings. Midish And through those feelings, the neshama then goes to the last letter. By the way, the reason why Vav is, is Midis, one reason is because Vav. Yeah. Right. One reason is uh, uh, that's because we, we, didn't, we didn't mention Das. Very, very good point. Um, there, there is de- definitely is a, a Das element to get to the Vav. No question about it. The Zohar says that Das is called the key that holds six. So you cannot have uh, any feelings without Das. Um, why in God's name is Das somewhat uh, overlooked? Um, uh, I was saying the same thing. Uh, there are there are times in Kabbalah where Das is higher than the name of Hashem, and sometimes it's in the middle of the name of Hashem. So it could be that's why it's officially not part of there. Or, um, or Das is not really. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure why Das is not represented. Good question. Okay, but the reason why Vav is Midas, Vav is Midas because there are six Midas, and also Vav is a line. So the idea of the, the shape letter Vav means like a transfer of energy from one zone to another. Till you get to your feelings, you were talking about truth and objectivity. Once we get to feelings, that's more about how you feel. So that's a clear line down. It's a, it's a whole different dimension, shaped as expressed by the shape of the line of the vav. They're going down. Also, vav equals six, six meters. Then there is a final hay. The hay has letter hay has three parts, and that represents the um, speech and action of mitzvahs. As I was thinking, what about thought? You said three parts. Okay. Good question. Why are we mentioning? Why aren't we talking about the thought? I guess we'll have to store those two questions together. The first letter of okay. hey is bina. The second one is speech and action of mitzvahs. Let's go further. Maybe we'll see a little further. We'll have some more understanding. Let's go. The war of Amalek. His main thrust, his main trajectory is, I want to stop action. Amalek does not really care about the intellectual soul powers of Chachma and Bina. You want to have Chachma and Bina, you want to have Yudke, Gezun Terheid Amalek says. I don't mind your Chachma and Bina. Chachma and Bina isn't going anywhere. I don't like, I don't, you know, Chachma and Bina, go ahead. Doesn't bother Amalek so much that Jew knows his creator. He understands Galinus. He doesn't want that understanding should influence his feelings in his heart. Which brings to thought, speech, and action. He doesn't want it to go down to affect his life, to his feelings and his thought, speech, and action. He does not want it to get to Vavke. You want it to stay in Yudke? Amalek says, I like, you know, Yudke and Amalek have no, no problems with each other. You want to think, understand, that's great. As long as you don't bring it to Vavke, we could be friends. But when he. Wait, wait. You said Amalek and Yudke. No, no. no. Only against Vavke. God's name is not complete. It's only Yudke until Amalek is destroyed. Kifi, he, want, he, he, he separates Yudke from Vavke. So how, how, if you can fit that into your drawing. Amalek does not want to 
knows his creator, says, uh, says the passage, passage, yeah, that passage of our sages we quoted earlier. He knows his creator. So he's okay with knowing creator. He knows his creator. He's into that. But despite that, he deliberately intends to rebel against Hashem. His knowledge of Hashem does not affect his feelings, does not affect the other soul powers of thought, speech, and action. He just lets it, things go at this, the intellectual level and is a, a valiant, he, he is very opposed to anything going further. Amalek doesn't want that your acceptance of God's sovereignty should be at least as much as you understand Hashem. Okay. Intellectual idea, conceptual. Right. You can know all the Torah, I don't want you to, not only do I not, do I not want you to go crazy and, and, and uh, cast yourself aside for the sake of God, I don't want you to do what your mind tells you. Even that I don't want you to do. Amalek says, let it stay in the intellect, it doesn't have to affect your behavior. Just because it makes sense, doesn't mean you have to do it. Don't let your ideologies affect your behavior and your character. So no dear I don't know, no following through with what you understand. If if um, doesn't he want? It seems like it would be better for him to want want you to understand and Dafka not do it. Isn't that worse than someone that doesn't know? That's just one 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 example that Friedrich Rebbe gives in this of the seven examples of the levels of Amalek is someone who knows what it says in the Code of Jewish Law. You're supposed to answer Kaddish. You're supposed to answer Hamini Yishmi Rabba, and then you don't answer Yishmi Rabba. Why would you answer Yishmi Rabba? Don't, don't you? Yeah, you know you're not supposed to answer Yishmi Rabba, but, but but you decide that ah, that's okay. What does ah, that's okay mean? It's not intellectual. It's just chutzpah. That's a malk. I know this is a halacha, but I'm not going to do it anyways. I know I'm supposed to keep Shabbos. I know it's a good thing, but I am going to wherever I'm going this Shabbos because I know I know I'm supposed to. You can't talk to that because there's no um, there's no logic. Just plain chutzpah. Just, just plain. It's it's that's what rebellion means. I, I it makes my it makes sense to, to agree. It makes sense to follow. But I'm not. What is that? That's that's a malik. That is a the chutzpah. He knows, but he doesn't allow you. A malik doesn't want allow you at what your ideologies, your paradigms should not affect your feelings and character and your behavior, especially. So you, you your logic tells you you should accept upon yourself Hashem as your king. A malik says don't, don't. Nah, it's okay, it's okay. And the Futafaz used to uh, try to uh, influence Jews who first moved to America to give their mitzvahs. And a lot of times they hear the refrain, it's okay, it's okay. He didn't know what it's okay means. So they went to a funeral, and they lowered the body into the grave, and, uh, and you heard one of the, uh, the grave workers saying to the guy who's lowering the body, it's okay. And then everyone came to the shovel and started burying the body. So he's like, oh, now I know what it's okay means. So someone's so spiritually insensitive and dead that they just... <laughs> That's what Amalek says. Amalek says, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. 
that 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 refrain of it's okay. He mamish. He, 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 he um, it, it's worse than Hitler. For us, it sounds like it's okay, but it's worse than Hitler. Wants to destroy the Jewish body. A Amalek destroys the neshama with this refrain of it's okay. With this, it doesn't matter. So what happens? Kasha begos next column two seventeen second column. When your acceptance of Hashem is blemished somewhat, that is in a more refined form a rebellion against God. When you're missing this acceptance of God's sovereignty, so that is, it's not you're not literally going out there and, and fighting a war against God, but there is some kind of subtle form of rebellion. And this detail. Everyone has to make sure on their level that they should not be blemished. Because at every level that you are in serving God, you may make a mistake about your acceptance of God's sovereignty. At every, every level that you're on, you, the challenge is, should you accept Hashem on the level that makes sense to you? Should you follow through with what you know? So at every level you're on, Amalek says, don't, don't be as much as you, uh, don't, don't be who you are. Don't be who you, who, who you know is the real you. Don't let your ideas influence your... Uh, don't, don't get, Amalek says to you, don't get confused by the facts. You know, just, just, the facts are the facts, but, but, but be who you are. Just, just keep, keep departmentalize your religiosity from your behavior. Yes, there's there your ideas and your paradigms. Okay, you, you, you want to patriotically in your brain vote for God. But don't let that affect... Don't, don't get excited about it. Don't let that affect your feelings. Don't affect your actions. That's a Malik's role. At every level you're on. At every level you're on, just don't let this, don't, he tries to blemish, tries to hurt the Kabbalah the acceptance of your God's sovereignty at the level, that, that, the level of that you're on. Okay, let's not get political right now. Let's go further. Now we can understand something else. Now we explain what Amalek is about. He's against Vavke. He's against Amalek is against feelings. Amalek is against action, behavior. Now we can understand why Amalek specifically attacked the Jewish people after they left Egypt on the way to Mount Sinai. Called whatever happens in this, in this world is by divine providence. Why did Amalek physically come to Jewish people to attack them before the Torah was given? Because Amalek spiritually opposes and does not want the novelty of the giving of the Torah. He doesn't want what Man Torah accomplished. Before the Torah was given, there was also knowledge of Torah. There was also people studying Torah. So what changed when the Torah was given? What's unique about the giving of the Torah is The Gemara says Torah is not in heaven, which also means you can't just leave Torah to be something spiritual. Hashem wants things to happen in this world. There's actually a, a teaching of the Rebbe and the Pasuk we say on the Shabbos davening before Adar Samuna, Kol Whatever God wants, He does. That's the simple translation of the Pasuk. The Rebbe says, Kol The entire desire of God is that asa, is that things should happen. Hashem's desire is, is, is in Gashmi, so things should happen physically. It's a similar idea that Rebbe Hashab expressed in a letter, Pirikab expressed in a letter about uh, the cleanliness of a mikveh. Rebbe Hashab came to a mikveh and he saw a hair floating on the, on the, uh, on the top of the mikveh. And Rebbe Hashab told the attendant of the mikveh, 
he basically like if one woman decides she doesn't want to use the mikveh because the mikveh is not clean enough, so like it's his responsibility forever. And uh, he really gave it to him. And and then there's, there's a passage in that letter. The free Rebbe says how all understanding, all the levels of of serving Hashem and love and fear of Hashem and the chassidus dictates, doesn't is not worth one more than one mitzvah. A mitzvah is where it's at. So you cannot leave Torah to just be spiritual. You have to bring it down. You have to actually study the Torah. You actually have to fulfill the mitzvahs. Not only do you also have to fulfill the mitzvahs, action is the main thing. That's what the angels complained about. The angels said, Let your glory stay in the heavens. Since the Torah is the apex of spiritual elevation, it's the highest spiritual elevation. Therefore, the angel said, "Let this should stay in heaven." What are you talking about, God? Why would you take your treasure and put it on the earth? This is this is about getting high. Is spiritual and Malik claims, like if the angels are claiming what a Malik is claiming, how does that make sense? I feel one second. I feel Leave it above the the angel said further. The angel said, "Let it stay above." The, the highest point of uh, man. Man's highest point is intellect. The angels were like, we don't want it to go man's intellect either. Keep this in the, the glory in heaven so it shouldn't, it shouldn't touch the, the dirty, the, 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 the puny intellectual minds of, of homo sapiens. Let it stay in, your glory should stay in heaven. So, so Amalek had a similar claim. He says, I, I, I'm okay with you understanding the Torah. I don't want it to have an effect in your lives. I don't want it to have any effect in your... Don't ever get excited about Hashem. As Rebbe says, another mimer. Okay, I'm time to another mimer. Let's go further. But when you destroy the essence of a malik, which means when your intellect does affect your actions, and you have the whole name of God that your understanding makes you excited about Hashem, and your understanding makes you behave differently. Then you're able to answer the claim of the angels. The angels said, let the Torah stay in heaven. And the Torah is given to this world. The angels said this claim, the Torah doesn't belong over here. But, but we, by defeating Amalek and saying, no, we're going to make this thing happen over here in the Elam Hazah, so then the Torah has to be given here. Because the whole reason God gave us the Torah is to make it have an effect on our lives practically. So if we, if we were not to defeat Amalek, if we were just to to keep the Torah's intellectual thing, the angel's like, you know what, if it's intellectual, why does it have to go down? We got higher intellectual over here, we got higher spiritual over here, why in the world would we send it downstairs for some low-grade spirituality? We got, the, we got the main stuff over here. So, But when we defeat Amalek, and when we say the truth, that the Abish's truth, the God's truth is, as says in the Torah, in the world, which means that it has a practical implication, something happens. So that defeats the, the claim of the angels, and the Torah is given here. The whole point of the Torah being given, meaning of the Torah being, the meaning of the words the Torah is given is that you're able to change the world. You're able to do a mitzvah physically in this world. If you're not making here, you're not doing a mitzvah or ikr, then the angels claim it. It's correct. You should have stayed there because you've got all this and you're not doing it. And if, it, if the Torah is about spirituality, we've got, we got better spirituality here. If it's about physicality, you got physicality. But if you're just going to keep it in your head, so why you don't need it? Now we can understand also why Hashem says it's so important 
to remember Amalek more than all of the other remembrances the Torah says to remember. Why? Remembering Amalek is a sort of intro and a condition for the whole idea of accepting the Torah. You cannot have a Torah without defeating Amalek. Before a Jew accepts the Torah, before you accept the Torah, you have to get rid of this Amalek demon in your mind which says, don't let your understanding affect your feelings. Don't let your understanding affect your actions. Only when you get rid of that thing can you really accept the Torah. Otherwise, it's not really accepting the Torah. Accepting the Torah means accepting to do it, accepting to feel it. There's one line from that mimer that I wanted to say. Is Rebbe says that a Malik, when you see an open miracle of God, a Malik says, yeah, the Abish can do lots of things. He doesn't, he doesn't challenge the idea of the miracle, the logic of the miracle. He just challenge, he challenges the excitement of it. He says God can do lots of things. Why are you getting excited? So in order to, to start being a Jew, to start keeping the Torah, the first thing you have to address is the Malik, to say, I'm, I'm not just in it, I'm in it to win it. I'm going, as they say in the text messaging, F-T- W for the win, going to take this all the way. That's a fir- before, huh? You, you actually taught this to Muhammad Mordechai in one of your text messages. So, uh, by fulfilling the mitzvah of remembering Amalek in the time of exile, which gets rid of the Amalek within your soul. This will allow us to fulfill the mitzvah physically when Mashiach will come and actually destroy the seed of Amalek. Mashiach will clarify who actually is Amalek. There's three mitzvahs the Jewish people do when they come to Israel. And the first mitzvah is making a king. second mitzvah is destroying Amalek. And then there is base, building the base of Migdash. The way I remember it is Mem Ayin Beis also an acronym for My Sebracious for creation. It's like a, when Mashiach comes, it's a, it's it's a, we see the whole purpose of creation. Anyways, so the first mitzvah is, is make a king. Second mitzvah, destroying a and the third mitzvah, building building base in English. Achim Yechol comes to Hashem, kill Mechos Amalek, Mechol Avayamalek. So after Mashiach identifies who Amalek is, then we'll fight the war of God, including fighting the war against Amalek, and we Mashiach will be victorious, as Ram says. Mashiach will build the third base of Migdash. And God's house and God's throne will be complete, and God's name will be complete. Yud K Vav K. Thank you.